0: All right, it's Sunday, but Thursday is coming, which means the holidays are going to be here. Are you ready yet? Okay, not quite ready. The holidays can come like a rush, and before you know it, the holidays can become the hell days. Our hope is that the holidays will be holy days. And how we approach the season will determine whether they're holidays, hell days, or holy days, which is my prayer for all of us. We've already talked about providing some spiritual tools to prepare for this season. The first message I preached, I talked about going into the season with an intention to do it differently, an intention to make it holy, an intention to take the risk. Last week, I talked about how we can give in a way that's truly holy, moving beyond the shopping list to giving from our hearts and from our lives, giving what really matters. Now as we head into the season, we're going to find ourselves standing in long lines with testy sales clerks. And some of us are going to get some bad attitudes. Why? Because there's bad attitudes all around us. What we need to make this season holy is an attitude of full grace. To cut each other some slack. To share hearts of peace and love. And that's what God models for us. That's what Christ models for us. And that's what our scripture today is really talking about. It's talking about full grace. Not partial grace, not half grace. Full grace. Now this scripture is amazing and it's powerful. So let me share what's going on here. What's happening in our scripture is that Jesus Christ has come with the full intention of drawing people into connected, intimate relationships with God. But people, for the most part, tend to go back to where they were. We tend to go back to old habits. And the old habits that people had tended to be habits that separated people from God going all the way back to the Hebrew Scriptures. All along, God's intention was to be connected to people. All along, the message God was trying to get out was, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. But people are kind of funny. Rather than letting God be God, people tend to create God in their own image. And what that means is we project onto God such images and such characteristics of ourselves as uh, jealousy, as appeasement, judgment. Because we tend to be judgmental and jealous and envious, we think God's the same way. So God's saying, I just want to connect with you. I just want to love you. And the people said, well, how do we do that? Well, since God needs appeasement, like we need appeasement, maybe we need to make sacrifices to God to make God happy. So the people started making sacrifices. For the most part, they got that idea from some other religions. but They thought it would make God happy to kill animals and burn them and sacrifice them. Because they assumed God was like them. Also... People, for the most part, like to have things kind of laid out. They like to have a list because a list kind of makes it easier. You can come in day and say, okay, did I do all the stuff on the list? I did it. That means I'm all right. Well, because we tend to be that way, we projected that kind of image on God. So those early Hebrews, not only were they making sacrifices, then they started making a list and trying to get the list right every day. Well as they went on, since they were people being people, the list got longer and longer and longer. So we had more and more sacrifices and longer and longer lists. And what's happening? The longer the list and the more the sacrifices, the further everyone is getting from God. The longer the list, the more the sacrifices, the greater the distance. So the exact opposite of what God intended was happening. God wants to relate and connect. Sometimes I wonder what God would say about something like that. What's God thinking about that? I think what God was saying was, I want to love you and be with you and connect with you. What are you doing? You're blowing smoke and making lists. (laughs) God's saying, You're killing animals. I created animals, I love animals. And you're especially killing lambs. You're taking the cutest thing I created and you're burning it, thinking that's going to make me happy. <laughs> Some of the prophets in the Hebrew scriptures actually say, Your sacrifices have become a stench. Your sacrifices have begun to offend me. People thought they were doing right, they were doing the best they could, but it stunk. You ever smelled burning animal hair? (laughs) It's worse than some of the colognes we wear. (laughs) God is saying, I just want to connect with you. So God got to thinking, how am I going to do that? All these laws and all these rules and all these sacrifices have made me unreal. They've created a distance. So now what am I going to do? God said, I'm going to become real in the most real way I know. I'm going to walk right past all those lists and regulations. I'm going to walk right past all those animals, and I'm going to do it in human form. Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. And Jesus walked right into the world. Jesus walked right into our lives. In fact, he walked right into the temple where all these sacrifices were going on and where all these regulations were being enforced. Jesus walked right in there and said, I I am with God and God is with me. I am God made real. I am God made human. I am love embodied. I am truth. I am life. I am the way. Come to me, all you who are thirsty, and I will see that you are refreshed. Come to me, all you who are hungry, and I will make sure you are filled. I am God on earth. And now there is no distance that can separate us. Jesus walked right into our mess and said, I am here to love, to love you. Walked right into that temple where they'd actually taken all those sacrifices and turned it into a marketing endeavor. (laughs) Not only were they sacrificing animals, they were making money on it and profiting from it. Jesus turned over those tables and said, if you turn over these tables, you can also turn over your life to something new and something powerful. Now, God had become intimate, amazing. God had changed history through Jesus. But now what happens in today's scripture? The people decided that it wasn't enough. They thought, okay, Jesus has come into our midst to set a new standard, but we want to be sure. So in order to be sure, Let's go ahead and continue with the sacrifices and let's make sure we continue with some of the rules. So they went back to the old habits that Jesus came to break. Jesus wasn't good enough. They went back to where they were. So the whole book of Hebrews is about understanding we don't have to go back. We don't have to live lives of half grace. We can live full grace. And we don't need the regulations and we don't need the sacrifices. Our tendency is to blow smoke and make lists. And God's saying you don't have to blow smoke anymore and you don't have to make those lists. Aren't I enough for you after all? Jesus is enough. That love is enough. Enough. There is no separation. I am so connected with you that I am as close as the breath you receive and then share. No separation. It's a wonderful scripture that talks about this amazing connection of full grace.:
1: From Romans 8:31 and 39. If God is for us, who can be against us? Since God did not spare the only begotten, but gave Christ up for the sake of us all, we may be certain, after such a gift, that God will freely give us everything. Who will be a charge against God's chosen ones? Since God is the one who justifies, who has the power to condemn? Only Christ Jesus who died or rather was raised and sits at the right hand of God and who now intercedes for us. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble? Calamity? Persecution? Hunger? Nakedness? Violence? Yet in all of these, we are more than conquerors because the God who has loved us has sent and lived with us. I am certain that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither heights nor depths, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Savior.
0: I listen to that scripture and I say to myself, the audacity... The audacity of people who would try to set conditions on God's love. The audacity of people who would try to say, unless you do it this way, you are separate. Unless you do it the way I did it in my church, then you don't really have it. The sad thing is that even Jesus has been used to create separation. It's time to save Jesus from those who would set regulations and legalities around him. I'll give you an example. I was pastoring in Richmond. We had a worship service that was amazing. The Holy Spirit was so evident. The music, everything was powerful. People were leaving, ready to go change the world. But one person was walking out and they had this sour apple look on their face. They looked like they just changed the litter box. And... uh, (laughs) And I said, is everything okay? And they said, well, there wasn't enough Jesus in this service today. I need to go somewhere where there's more Jesus. And I thought, okay, how much Jesus is enough? Is there like a list of how many times we're to say the name of Jesus in a worship service for it to really be a worship service? I mean, they said, we want to go someplace where Jesus is like the main thing. Well, there are some places that may say Jesus is the main thing, but that main thing, that main entree comes with a side dish of homophobia. How does that taste? <laughs> Jesus simply wants us to worship him, not legalize him. Jesus is not about checklists. Jesus is not on an ego trip making sure his name is used enough. Jesus is saying, I am about love and life and connection. In fact, it's even further than that. It's about intimacy. The last thing Jesus wants is to become a barrier between us and God. Because he's become legalized. The power of this scripture today is that it's taking law and turning it to love. If you look at that scripture, it says about the law being written on the heart. What that means is it's not in some book somewhere. It's not on some list somewhere. Jesus is beyond lists. Jesus is beyond law. Jesus is pure love to be written on our hearts, to be embodied in us just as Jesus embodied God. What's that saying is, not only is there no separation, it's moved beyond no separation, it's moved beyond full connection to true intimacy. Which means that we are to be as intimate as Christ is with God. Christ is to be in us. We're to hear the song that was sung even before we were born. I love that song, Blessed Assurance. This is my story. This is my song. That song was written before we were even named on earth. We are called to hear our song, a song of full grace.
1: There is a tribe in East Africa in which the art of true intimacy is fostered even before birth. In this tribe, the birth date of a child is not counted from the day of its physical birth, nor even the day of conception as in other village cultures. No, for this tribe, the birthday comes the first time the child is thought of in the mother's mind. Aware of her intention to conceive a child, a mother then goes and sits under a tree. And there she sits and she listens to hear for the song of the child she hopes to conceive. Once she has heard it, she returns to the village and she teaches it to the father so they can sing it as they make love and invite that child to join them. After the child is conceived, she sings it to the baby in her womb and then she teaches it to the old women and the midwives of that village so that throughout the labor and that miraculous moment of birth itself, the child is greeted with their song. After the birth, all of the villagers, they learn the song of their new member, and they sing it to that child when he or she falls or hurts themselves. It is sung in times of triumph, in times of trouble, in rituals, initiations. This song even becomes part of the marriage ceremony when the child is grown, and at the end of life, his or her loved ones will gather around their deathbed and sing this song for the last time. Hmm.
0: Just imagine. God has a song for you. Jesus has a song for you. A song that was sung for you even before you became a thought in your mother's mind. Before you were named on earth, God had given you a name in heaven. And that name was and is beloved. That's full grace. It means we come to God as we are with the song that God is singing for us. And that song is personal for each one of us because we have a God of such great creative import that God creates each one of us uniquely. We have a unique song. And God wants that intimacy. That's full grace. Grace that moves beyond sacrifice. Grace that moves beyond regulation. Grace that moves beyond doing it only one way. Grace that moves to that place of full, intimate connection with Jesus. My prayer for us during this season is that we would experience that full grace that grace that connects us and draws us in and embraces us and loves us in the name of Jesus. When life gets crazy, sometimes it's difficult to recognize that grace. So how do we recognize it? We recognize grace like this.
1: It takes you by surprise. It comes in odd packages. It sometimes looks like loss or mistakes or acts like rain or like a seed. It's both reliable and unpredictable. It's not what you were aiming at or what you thought you deserved, thank God. (laughs) It supplies what you need, not necessarily what you want. It grows up in you and lets you be a child And it reminds you not you're not in control and that not being in control is a form of freedom.
0: Mm. Let us recognize grace and during this season let us let Jesus be Jesus and let us not fall into that dangerous trap of making Jesus into our image. Instead, let Jesus make us Into his image. And that image is the image of full grace, unconditional love, and true intimacy. If you're comfortable, take the hand of someone nearby as we go to our God in prayer. God of full grace, God of love, you know how we are. You know how it's so easy for us to fall back into old habits and old patterns that actually hold us back and separate us from you. And you know our intentions are right. But we need you to draw us back to that true love. And God, forgive us for those times when we misuse Jesus' name to create barriers. Oh God, give us that full grace to receive your mercy. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this, your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen. Amen.